I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. Tired. Didn't sweep. Sweep. Didn't sleep well last night, so my back is hurting. How's your week been? Uh, it was alright. Um, I saw some movies. That was about it. Ooh, what movies did you see? I saw Doctor Sleep and I saw The Irishman. How were they? Dr. Sleep was not great. Oh, no. And had some serious problems. But the Irishman was really fucking good. That's good. Yeah. I highly recommend people watching The Irishman when it comes to Netflix, which I think it does, like, the 27th or something like that. Super fucking good. Yes, it's three and a half hours long, but I had no problem. Like, normally I get fidgety in the theater. I didn't get fidgety in this one. It's really good. So what makes it three and a half hours? I mean, it's a Scorsese drama. It's it's all really good. It's all interesting. It's following... Um. Robert De Niro as he is both working for Joe Pesci's mobster character and also Al Pacino who's playing Jimmy Hoffa and it's sort of following his rise up into Jimmy Hoffa's let's say disappearance the movie has a definite idea of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa but it's really good Um, Joe Pesci is incredible it's so funny you know he's always sort of been the the side character and as like a more of a side note to 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 Nero, especially in the the scorsese the gangster movies but i knew he was good it's obvious that he was good but i didn't know he was quite this good it's i mean it's an excellent performance uh de niro's good Pacino as Hoffa gets a little Pacino-y in a couple of scenes 
when he's doing the Pacino yelling. Hmm. And the, the de-aging works mostly. Unfortunately, it sort of works the least well on De Niro, and he's the main dude. So there's a couple of times when they go into close-up where it looks sort of like you're watching a like a video game cutscene. But for the most part, it's good and you can sort of ignore that. And on 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 Passion Pacino, it's 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 pretty fucking good. It's really rather realistic, and that was sort of the main thing I was worried about that movie, especially seeing it in a theater, that that would take me out of it completely. But no, they did. Whoever did did that effect on this movie did a really excellent job. Wow. That's good. Glad you enjoyed it. Any other movies that uh, you're going to see soon? I feel like you're seeing all the... I I have a ticket to see... Um, what's it called? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Is that what it's called? Yeah, with um, your favorite actor of all time, Tom Hanks. <sighs> Look, I don't care for him, but I love Mr. Rogers, and I like... Um, Matthew Reese, who's playing the main guy, the one interviewing him. And I've heard enough good things. And that it's not about Mr. Rogers. I mean, it's about Mr. Rogers, but he's not the main character. It's sort of about Mr. Rogers' influence. Hmm. The The way they, they talk about it is he's a supporting character in this movie, because that's what Mr. Rogers was, was a supporting character in the lives of a great number of people who grew up with him. Yeah. And the trailer makes me cry, so I figure I'll go see it. <laughs> it should. Hopefully it helps. So, like, have you ever talked about, like, you, you just don't like him as an actor? Or you just have, like, a funny feeling about him? I don't. I, I he's Here's my problem with Tom Hanks. He's always Tom Hanks. And yeah. if, if you like Tom Hanks, that's fine. But he's always Tom Hanks in every movie he's in. And so I don't think he's very talented, actually. I think he's affable. And when he's in a Tom Hanks role, whatever, he's Tom Hanks. But he doesn't have any sort of range to him. Yeah. I was reading somewhere that in an interview I think he did recently that like he despises um, thinking about being like bad guys or something or that, that he's always a good guy and he's he doesn't feel like he would act well being bad. Well, no, because he can't really he can't really act. <laughs> I mean, he's not act like he has one style of acting. And again, if you like that particular character, then you're going to be fine. But he's always going to be the same dude. And so when you when I it's it's mostly that I just get annoyed hearing him like talked up as this great actor or something compared to people like Daniel Day Lewis who can do anything and play anybody and it's absolutely mesmerizing and and totally believable every party's in is different 
than for someone like Tom Hanks who's just Tom Hanks. That's fair. Also, I find I don't know. I I don't I don't I don't trust that affable persona. And puts me on edge in general. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that I don't know. I'm I'm excited that you're gonna see it. I'm interested how it is. I'll I need to see it. I can't remember the last time I was in a theater watching a movie. I think it was um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, I've been going more since I got this season pass and it, may, it makes me more willing just to excuse me, just to go see anything I'm vaguely interested in. Yeah, I might go see Frozen 2. Okay, there you go. <laughs> oh, your um... your boy was pretty good in in Doctor Sleep. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's it's not a good movie. It's got some serious fucking problems, but he's good and the there's a young actress, I don't know, I think the character's like 15 something around there, maybe even younger, but she's super good and they they are very good together. That's good. I was worried about the movie because I heard so many negative reviews, so I was uh, I was hoping that it wasn't Ewan, but I'm glad it wasn't, no, that he was okay. He's, and here's the thing that surprised me is, the thing I was most excited about is, in the trailer was all the Kubrick references that, that people were actually really surprised by because, of course, Stephen King hates that movie. And the, the book Doctor Sleep is definitely a sequel to the book The Shining. The problem is then when you're doing a movie... It doesn't matter what Stephen King thinks. Everybody knows Kubrick's Shining as The Shining. And so the movie does some stuff to bridge that. And it ends up being really distracting. Because what it is, is reenactments from the Kubrick movie. Which I wish they had just not done. Because then it's it's almost this uncanny valley thing where you're seeing things that aren't quite Kubrick and there's this I, I don't want to spoil too much I won't spoil everything but there is and this is right in the beginning so there's a woman who's playing Danny's mom when he's a kid and she's just doing a Shelley Duvall impression and it is not a very good Shelley Duvall impression Ugh. yeah I, I, I don't know and there's some more stuff later on that I don't want to spoil but it gets really bad almost the point where you're watching a parody of the thing rather than the thing and it's not not that it's funny it's just it's that level of performance and it's it's i i don't know I, by that time i was so annoyed um again you and go is good girls good some of the bad guys are good the main the main woman bad guy is doing this like they're after me lucky charms irish accent that is awful but the main bad guy is really good who's the main bad guy or is that spoilery <sighs> no it's not i don't know the actor's name 
So what it is, is, you know, there's kids with The Shining. And there is this group of kind of, I don't know, like spirit vampires almost. What they do is they, they suck the, they feed on the power that the kids with the shining have. And they've, some of them have lived for centuries or even millennia. And they're in this sort of roving band together. And there's the main woman, uh, Rosie the Hat, who has the one with the terrible Irish accent. And then there is Crow Daddy. I can't remember the actor's name. He's in... He's in Westworld as the main um, Native American character. But he's got some great scenes. That's good. Yeah, so yeah, like going into this movie, I thought my favorite parts were going to be all the Kubrick stuff, and that ended up being the part that drove me crazy. <laughs> well, I went twenty four years without seeing The Shining, so I I don't know how long I'll go without seeing the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, but it's got your guy. It does, and especially in an English or in like a American accent. How is his American accent? It's fine. That's good. I mean, it's better than that Irish accent that woman's using. <laughs> I think he's supposed to have it in the Harley Quinn movie, too. Because he's the bad guy. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that. I kind of keep forgetting that movie exists. I do, too. Until, like, I see her on the screen cursing and saying something about clowns. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Harley Quinn's still here. I want to see that, though. That looks really good. I'll probably see that one. Yeah. So, how are you doing? How, how's, how's life? Life's good? <laughs> it's, it's fine. That's good. That's good. How is your life? Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's get better. Okay, that's good. Yeah, the holidays are approaching, so um, it's becoming better to forget all of my problems. So that's great. Might go to Disneyland soon because they have all the holiday decorations up, and I want to go see the tree and like they have like a little Christmas parade and. I like the decorations and they have like a little, I think of like a little like food festival right now at California Adventure. And I heard some of the items are good. And then they have hot chocolate beignets too. And I want to try those. Ooh. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've had a Disneyland beignet. And those are one of the items that like the most popular, like the most popular items at Disneyland, I would say are the Dole Whip. Um, I would say the corn dogs are up there. The beignets. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting like a big one. Um, the churros. I mean, the churros aren't anything special. They're just like they're good ass churros, but six dollars. Oof. Yeah. 
Disney's expensive. Um, but yeah, can you believe that we're a little over a month out from the Rise of Skywalker? Honestly, I no, I I kind of feel like it shouldn't be coming out yet. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's weird. I I gotta tell you, I have I have. And it, I will when it gets closer, I know, because it's happened before. I have zero excitement for the film at this time. It's not even on my radar. Thank God. I'm the same way. Like, not that I could care less that this movie's coming, but there's just, like, I'm not excited for it yet. You know? No, I, I'm I'm more excited to go see Knives Out than I am to go see this movie. I'm excited to hear everyone's reviews for Knives Out because that'll probably get me to see Knives Out because I despise whodunit movies. <laughs> Why? Despise them. Because I hate the whole like, oh, who killed this person? Was it you? Was it you? It just reminds me of those Christmases when we'd like sit at the table and play Clue and it was just so fucking boring. We're all just sitting there just looking at each other just like, why are we playing this game? But then it's like, we're like, well, we have to finish the game and then we can move on to something else. But that's what whodunits remind me of. You don't like mysteries? That's weird. Yeah, I don't. Because it reminds me of like Scooby-Doo or something, you know? Oh my god. That Yeah. But like Scooby-Doo or like Supernatural. No, 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 why, why, why because like Supernatural and not like Agatha Christie. What? I've never heard of that. The, the most famous mystery author possibly of all time? No. Please be fucking with me. Agatha Christie, what did she write? And then were, there were none. Uh, all of the Poirot stuff. The Poirot stuff? Detective Poirot. Murder on the Orient Who's Express. That? Oh, yeah, that was that movie with like Daisy Ridley and um, Olaf. I can't, I can't do this fucking podcast anymore. I don't. I don't think that movie did too well in the box office, did it? I mean, they're they're making a sequel to it. Death on the Nile. It did that well. Did well enough to get a sequel. Oh. Yeah. No, I've never heard I mean, of that. I mean, like I could see you having not read any of them, but she's literally with Arthur Conan Doyle, probably the most famous mystery writer of all time. I don't know who that is either. Sherlock Holmes. I know who Sherlock Holmes is. I remember I was watching. He wrote Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who wrote Sherlock Holmes, but I always knew that Sherlock Holmes was a thing. Because I remember when I saw the movie and I was like in like ninth grade and then I got a text message from my boyfriend at the time saying that we need to break up because being more than friends is a hassle. What do you think of the movie? Well, that that happened like the beginning of the movie, so like I was like too like preoccupied with my thoughts, and it was fine, you know. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. did great, Jude Law great, but just it was a very forgettable movie. Uh, 
Well, everyone, you can send in your applications to be the Canto by Dispatch host. Uh, the link will be in our episode bio. Um, you can contact me. Yeah, we're going to steal that idea back from Johnny Grasso. Uh. <laughs> Carlos just texted me now saying being more than friends is a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Carlos. Emily says hi. He says hi. He's watching football. Oh, God. Well, I need to get more into the mystery train, I guess. I'm, like, learning more each day. So maybe I should see Knives Out so that I can, like, dabble my feet into um, a little bit of mystery. You should also watch the movie Clue. Because it's outstanding and so funny. <laughs> Clue. And and just like it's yeah, it's based on the board game. That's not the But it's a it's a it's a farce and it's the just the funniest fucking movie. Is that the one with uh what's her name? Brittany something and like uh Paul Rudd and um <sighs> No. Oh, that's clueless. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I should watch Clue. Maybe I should watch it it's, next week. It's 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 Tim Curry and Madeline Kahn and a bunch of other hilarious people. Hmm. I'll have to watch that then by next week. I'm pretty sure it still holds up. I haven't watched it in a few years. Would you say Monty Python still lives up to the... Most of it. Some of it is definitely dated. Uh, I think the movies all still hold up pretty well. I think Life of Brian holds up the best. Um... It's hard to say that Flying Circus holds up or doesn't hold up because there were always some sketches that were not great. And so I don't know whether me thinking they're not great now is they just weren't great or if it is they've aged out of being great. I mean, some of their stuff is so esoteric and weird. But I think I think all the classic stuff still holds up really well. And when I watch an episode of Flying Circus, there's always at least, uh, like, I would say three-fourths of the stuff I still really like. Hmm. I mean, there. look, there's some stuff that's not great there, which is any time they're writing for women is uh, not not great. But I think I think there's enough really good stuff there that I still very much enjoy them. And again, Life of Brian is wonderful. I still need to see that. Hmm. Well, Disney Plus blessed us with another uh, episode of The Mandalorian. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Bye. Episode two. 
Yeah. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, Catherine. And other Australians who don't want to uh, watch or our UK friends. Actually, this will this will be this will be. I mean, the UK maybe, but this will be up in in Australia by then, by the time this comes out. Okay. Um. Do we have some honest uh UK friends or anything? I don't know. I don't know if anybody is that. I I don't know how you would wait five months. Anyway, that's enough time. So, chapter two. The child. I loved it. So much cute little baby. It like it, it causes me physical anguish how cute that thing is. Cause I just wanna hold it and I cannot hold it. I just I love I love his like not his connection with the child, but just uh, I just I love them together. Like they're like the new like dynamic duo, you know. That when he's walking out like along and just having the little bassinet floating along beside him, and when he's moving around later in the fight scenes, yeah, <sighs> the baby is so cute. I'm just amazed that like. Not that, like, no one thought of this before, but just, like, God, this is such a good fucking story. You know, like, a Mandalorian and a Yoda child. You know, just, I'm just amazed with, you know, the story, the writing. I mean, and the rewatchability of it. I mean, I watched this episode twice, you know. I don't normally go back in, like, TV shows and, like, rewatch them. But this is so easy to go back to because it's just, it's so good. And... The fight scenes are good. Nick Nolte. I fucking love Nick Nolte. I don't know why. I love him. And his whole I am, I've spoken thing. Like, I want to see more of him. I feel like we're not going to, which makes me sad. But God, I love him. Yeah, I'm glad we got some more of him in this episode. Um, I love I love where we st- we started with this long stretch of no dialogue and we've just got Mandalorian and baby Yoda going along walking walking in the pretty planet just a Mandalorian and a little baby Yoda and when they get attacked by the Trandoshans and we see that there is there's the little beacon thing so there's yet another group of people after the baby yoda i wonder why baby yoda is still like not not hidden you know like does the galaxy not know how important this creature is well we don't know how important this creature is i mean that's true and my guessing is it was hidden at some point, and then one of these groups got him, and then it has been stealing the baby Yoda. But one bad guy is stealing the baby Yoda from another bad guy. Do you really think, though, that 
the Mandalorian is going to return Baby Yoda to like evil doctor and Werner Herzog? No, absolutely not. But then that's going to lead to problems because Werner Herzog has a whole bunch of stormtroopers and Mandalorian has his Mandalorian people to protect. The scene where the baby Yoda, and I really, name, please name this thing quickly. Um, when the baby, again, I'm, fuck you, Steel Saunders, I'm not using yours. Well, what's his um, again? When the baby Yoda keeps... Baby Yaga? Yoju. 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 When... <laughs> when the baby Yoda keeps sneaking out of its bassinet and then, like, reaching out to try to heal the Mandalorian's arm... And the Mandalorian is just sort of exasperated the way you would be when your kid crawls out of its gets out of its crib. Ugh. I just I love his little feet. I love he seems like something like Jim Henson-y, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. That makes sense with with Frank Oz. But Yeah. Oh, he's so cute. His little feet and then when he's at Nick Nolte's place and eating that lizard when he eats that frog because it's so funny because when he's first playing catch with the frog I'm like oh my god is that little baby Yoda gonna eat that frog <laughs> I didn't think we were actually gonna see him eat the frog especially not swallow it whole he's a hungry boy or girl yeah I need to stop this or something else we don't yeah. know uh that's why, yeah, I hope, I don't know. I fucking, the baby Yoda is so cute. And then we got a whole bunch of Jawas. The egg. The egg. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh yeah. All right. So when, first of all, I love that we're finally getting real Jawa dialogue and stuff. That was fun. It's not just them yelling Utini. Uh, I love when the main Jawa tells the Mandalorian that he speaks like a Wookiee. <laughs> and then you blast him on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we learned that his, uh, tri well, not trident, Biden, I guess, weapon disintegrates things. That was pretty cool. He disintegrates lots of people in this episode. Yeah, it's great. The magic of the Mandalorian is wonderful to see. Yeah, I loved when, when Nick Nolte's like, okay, let's go negotiate with these guys, and it's gone. I sort of disintegrated a lot of them. <laughs> that might be difficult. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then, yeah, so then they, what I love about this thing with the egg is they all talk about the egg and go, ooh, the egg. That's like a cool, like, new MacGuffin. Now there's something else important. And you go and you see the Mudhorn. Which is a big, hairy rhinoceros. The egg is even grosser. And he is... Oh, yeah. And he's getting the fucking shit kicked out of him by this thing. That's sort of like I like about this is the Mandalorian is not total badass. 
who can do anything and knows everything. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's one of the things I love the most is that he's not perfect, you know, like I was um, I was getting ready for work on Friday and I was listening to my brother and sister watching and I just hear my sister yelling, where are his guns? Why isn't he killing these people? But I like how you see like the different combat and you see that he he isn't perfect. You know, he makes mistakes. He falls. He might, you know, trip or something. But then he gets up and then he disintegrates a couple of them, you know, like he's someone you want to root for and not someone who's like overly powered and you know wins every single fight i mean obviously he doesn't because this rhinoceros could have fucking destroyed him if it wasn't for our little green friend yeah and even even in the fight scene with the trandoshans yeah he wins but he gets seriously beaten up and is his chest plate is all day i didn't i guess i didn't realize that that chest plate has a bunch of electronics in it yeah me neither Okay. I'm glad I'm not completely out of it. I was like, wait, what? I guess it makes sense, but I just never thought about it before. And he's got the big gash on his arm that the little baby Yodi wants to heal. And so I, I like that it's not all easy. Yeah, easy is boring. I like this whole non-perfection thing and, you know, him improving his combat skills and I'm really interested to see if uh, Baby Yoda could have um, fixed his wound. Yeah, we've we've seen Force healing before, but never in any of the live action stuff. And so that that'll be cool to see. I also want to know how little Baby Yoda knows he can do that. I wonder if it's an instinctual thing if little baby Yoda had force trained at some point as a little bit even a littler baby I mean he's had 50 years were you surprised that he could use the force no I was kind of expecting that's how we were gonna go and I ended up not disliking it as much as I thought I would probably cut well a couple reasons one is because it's little baby Yoda and little baby Yoda is freaking adorable. So I'm fine with that. Because I like them a lot. And if it's a little baby Yoda doing the force thing, I'm more okay with it being a snot-nosed little human brat. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, Chris Fresh on the most recent Geek Dudes went on a rant about Broom Boy, and I'm, quite, I'm kind of feeling I'm kind of feeling it. You don't like Broom Boy? But... No, I don't, I don't, I've decided I don't. Hmm. But, I love Baby Yoda. And so when Baby Yoda does the Force thing, it was cool. But the other reason I liked it is after they do it, and then they pass out, it's not like the Mandalorian goes, oh shit, that little Baby Yoda is a Jedi. The Mandalorian has no idea what the fuck's happening. (laughs) And I like that. And I like that when he's talking about it with... With Agnat Nolte, he doesn't know either. And I think that's interesting in terms of... what, What people in the universe know 
about the force. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they're not scared or nervous by it. You know, I was almost expecting um, a Nick Nolte to be fearful or um, anxious after, you know, seeing the child and seeing, you know, after especially hearing like what the child did uh, to the Mando and how he rescued him basically but then also ask myself like why did baby yoda help the mandalorian like what has the mandalorian done to make baby yoda comfortable with him you know well he took him away from whoever had him who probably i'm i'm assuming were you know bad guys and they made some sort of connection and he's he has been he's been nice to them, and he's you know taking them along in their little like nice strolls through the desert and stuff. And maybe, maybe little baby Yoda can sense that the Mandalorian is a good guy. I hope so, because I would hate to see baby Yoda crushed because of you know the main reason why the Mandalorian found him in the first place, you know, but. I feel like any other circumstance, the Mandalorian would be like, okay, cool, I'm going to take you and get money for it. But no, like, Baby Yoda is the only exception to that. I I think any child would be. Oh, really? I I think the, the whole foundling thing, he would, he would not hand over a kid to Werner Herzog easily. And maybe, maybe, because this will come out when the same day episode three comes out. Maybe, maybe he totally does, but I think his protective instincts on kids is pretty high. Because here's the thing: is he's not just a hired assassin; he's a bounty hunter. And I mean, look, I'm not like you can get into the ethics of that, but mostly he's been catching bail jumpers and stuff he's not and he's killing people in the line of work who are all, who are mostly also bounty hunters or who are attacking him in bars and trying to kill him yeah but he's not a cold-blooded killer dude nah Or is he? We don't know, do we? I I'm fairly certain we've seen enough of him at this point to know that's not true. Yeah. What else did you like from uh, the episode? I love when they finally get when he brings back the egg to the, the, the disgusting, hairy, dirty mud egg to the Jawas, and they immediately split it open and start eating it. That made me laugh really hard. Because I thought it was going to be, like, some valuable thing. And I guess it is. I mean, it must be pretty fucking tasty. But, I mean, that's, that's for all, to getting all of his ship parts back, it, That's that's got to be a pretty good egg. Just, like, the sound of him picking up the egg just makes me, like, full body cringe. Like, that egg is just <laughs> so disgusting. 
And then it makes me think of like how this rhino is able like is it a mammal? Is it a reptile? Like eggs should not be hairy. No. I just that ugh, disgusting. And then um I really liked um the scene where the sand crawler is going down and then you just hear the egg, the egg. And I'm like, this is this is what I've been waiting for for years for a Star Wars TV show, like something weird. And seeing the Mandalorian sitting inside the Sandcrawler is the funniest shit I think I've ever seen. Just him, just hating everything, sitting in this in this tiny ass Sandcrawler with these Jawas just screaming about an egg. Oh my god! And then I. Oh, the Jawa, the first fight scene when he's attacking the Sandcrawler was pretty good. Yeah, he went down hard. What else did you like? Um, I like the rebuilding the ship montage. Yeah, that was nice. That was a nice little montage. Yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan of, like, montages, but, um... I liked it. I felt like it was appropriate. I felt like, you know, yeah, like they're uh, fixing up the ship. And, you know, this is a TV show. Like we have, we don't really have much time, you know, with a plot or with, you know, just the show. So I like how they're kind of like speeding things up a little bit. I respected that. I love the music. That's good. And I liked him. I liked him offering Agnot Nolte a job. Yeah nice guy then Ugnot Nolte was like no uh I'm good I've, I worked hard to not do that anymore and I want to thank you for you know keeping my place safe I've spoken yeah I also and also I like what that says about the Mandalorian is that he's not just like completely stoic faceless bounty hunter guy he wants to have a friend with him on his ship. He's slowly becoming my favorite Star Wars character. And it's like, I don't really know much about him. Yeah, I want to find out more about him. I'm dying to find out more about the whole Mandalorian enclave that's going on on the planet. And we still haven't met uh, Cara Dune or Moff Gideon or whoever ming assassin character is or Julia Jones. Uh, by the way, I mean, come on, Star Wars TV show. You gotta get some female characters in your first two episodes. That is no bueno. Let's hope for next week that we'll get more characters. I mean, we don't even know where he's going. Where's he going? Yeah, like, is he going to go back to his planet? Or is he going to try to figure out what's going on with the baby somewhere else first? I would I would be unsurprised if we see him, like, on the way to take Baby Yoda to turn him in. And then be... Oh, oh man, I can't actually do this. Look at this cute little baby Yoda. Yeah. 
Or maybe like something happens to his ship and he has to go to the nearest planet and that's where he meets everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll find out on Friday. Which, okay. I like the whole Friday schedule for The Mandalorian, but I don't like how it's every Friday for everything else. Like, I wish that, like, um, the Imagineering story was on Tuesday and Encore was on Wednesday, you know? Because it, it just, it's me complaining slash, I don't know. And then there's no, like, playback button or, like, a, oh, resume while watching. Oh, gee- Oh, they need to have a continue watching bar like every other, like Netflix has, you know, when you're going through the different categories. The first one should be continue watching. Also, there's no way to tell what episodes you've or what episodes you've already played because there's not a progress bar on the, on the like main selection screen. And obviously, so I've watched now. I don't know, like 10 episodes of The Simpsons. But if I go to The Simpsons page and just hit play at the top of the screen, it just starts from episode one. So I have to scroll to the actual episode that I want and hit play on it. So it doesn't remember what episodes you're at, which is such a basic streaming service option to not have that is unacceptable. I think they were just so caught up in, wow, look at all these movies that we're getting, all these TV shows that, like, they forgot the basics. Or, you know, maybe it takes a little while for, like, the basics to, like, kick in. Like, um, But here's the thing is, that is a basic. Like, that is something that needs to be under launch. It's not like streaming services are new. Yeah. And so to launch without one of the basic features of not only every other streaming service there are pirate sites that keep track of what episode you're on it is there's no like it's like it's just absolutely ridiculous like i realize it's oh yeah it's such a small thing to have to scroll through but you shouldn't you shouldn't have to do that small thing on a service you're paying for Yeah, I hope that gets fixed. I mean, I see it getting fixed in the next, like, uh, month or two. But also, I felt like they were going to have more originals. Like, they were supposed to have that, like, uh, cast member uh, show. And I I felt like they were supposed to have more. But maybe they're going to start coming out, like, by, like, the end of December or, like, early next year. But I don't know. When When are any of the Marvel shows coming? Oh, they're not coming for a long ass time. Probably like summer, fall. They just started filming. Is a uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon the first one we're getting? I believe so. Or um, what if? I think that probably what if will be the first one that we get. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no I, I i'm being greedy though it's like i want more even though there's like so many disney movies so many this it's like you know i want all the documentaries you know i want all the behind the scenes things you know but it's like all these movies are there and everything and i still i need to watch lady of the tramp i need to watch that noel um what else do i want to watch a lot i mean it's all there 
I wish the natural geographic section was bigger. Like they have a whole section for National Geographic and there's 12 things on it. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll add more because that's weird. I noticed that too. Oh, and I wish I could just play. They would have all the, the shorts and stuff in a running playlist. Sort of, if you had just categorized it as a series. So I could just hit next episode. Instead, I'm like, okay, I got to look up to see the different names of these old Chippendale shorts and then type them individually to watch a thing for six minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly just lots of little things. It's been working fine in terms of I can, it'll play things when I tell it to play things. But the features definitely aren't there. I hope that's something that's going to change. I mean, it has to. Yeah. I'm also curious if anything else has been added to any of the movies. Because the whole uh, McClunky thing. Yeah. Couldn't believe that, but I'm not surprised. By the way, that joke has already been worn incredibly thin. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of hope that something else has been put in the other movies so that we can like focus on that. Like Something else ridiculous has to be added into some of the other movies, you know? I think it would have been found already. I mean, look how quickly McClunky was found. That was found very fast. Um, hey, check out the Geek Dudes podcast feed. Oh, you know, I I'm mean, the, the, the Twitter feed. No, the Twitter yeah. feed. The poll? Because there's, yeah, there's a poll up. God damn it. Okay. Um, the poll states, okay, what is a dirtier podcast discussion? The first one is Mexican food up the bum. The second one is cleaning up with socks. Okay. One of those is a dream. And the other one is a reality of Jonesy being disgusting. That is more disgusting, <laughs> though, than Mexican food up the ass. I mean, like... That has to be because just like socks. Like I thought 12 year olds did that. You know, I didn't know that grown men still do that. Because the whole thing is it's not okay. I mean, cleaning up with socks is is a nice way to put what it is actually a sock full of cum. <laughs> I'm just mine's winning. My dream is winning. The, the, that's people think are dirty. But it was a dream, guys. Like, this didn't actually happen. Like, I can, I would be honest with you. I would sit down and be like, yes, it happened. Like, I would, you know, you know how, like, YouTubers do those apologies where it's like they go on, like, the notes app on their iPhone and, like, do, like, a little note and put it on their, like, feed. Like, I would do that, you know. 
for like the purpose of, you know, my honesty in this situation. But I swear to God, it was a dream. God damn it. <laughs> you know, he's very, Chris Fresh is very distracting. You want to talk about uh, resistance? Okay, I've only seen episode six because episode seven wasn't up yet. Okay. I watched episode seven and it made me angry. So you're not uh, missing out. Episode six was good, though. Yeah, episode six uh, is a episode mostly about flicks and they are going to a fuel refinery that is owned by Flix's cousins. And we learn that Flix ran away from the family business to become a cantina singer. And when they get to the planet, he finds his, his cousin has now taken over the refinery and has been doing deep core drilling and Orca flips out because that'll awaken something bad. And it turns out it awakened some dragons who are ripped off of the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Like 100%. Yeah. Uh, Flix's cousin is voiced by Paul F. Tompkins, which was delightful. I didn't know that was coming. And then I'm like, oh my god, Mr. Peanut Butter is in Star Wars Resistance. But, yeah, the, I thought it was fun. The scene where, the, I mean, the big Jurassic Park scene is when Kaz first encounters the dragon. And like the T-Rex, the thing can't see you if you don't move. So it is like right up at him, sniffing him, and and then growls right in his face. And that is, I don't even know if you can, I don't know whether to call it an homage to Jurassic Park or a 100 complete ripoff of Jurassic Park. It's exactly the scene in Jurassic Park. I mean, dude, this last episode was just like kind of like a ripoff of Indiana Jones. So like, I just don't get it. Like, it makes me mad. Like, I like all the flicks and orca stuff, but it makes me mad that I'm watching a show like The Mandalorian and then it's like I'm going back to watching Resistance and I'm just like disappointed, you know? But it's like I shouldn't have all the expectations I have on The Mandalorian on Resistance, but it is I think I would like this episode better if it had been in season one because besides the fact that we get, oh, the classes will be stranded in space so they don't get this fuel, it's got nothing to do with the rest of the season. No, it doesn't. And and we're still, we still haven't checked back with Tam. Like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point of this? Like, what is this developing? Like, I want a story. This isn't a story. This is... Thing is, you can do both. You can do this, okay, we want to explore these side characters, which I'm happy for, especially with Flix and Orca. You can do that in a context that still feels like it's driving your story forward. And this one didn't. 
Yeah. Because I don't look, I don't like the word filler because I think if all you're watching for a thing for is to like the bare bones story, then just read a Wikipedia entry. I think character development and character stories are are vital and are, are should be a big part of, of I mean basically anything but especially you know the huge sprawling myth of stars you should always take the time to do that but you need to be able to to balance it so it doesn't seem like it's happening in its own little bubble of time that it has nothing to do with the rest of your show yeah Uh, I'm just disappointed. Like this season so far has been like a pretty big letdown. There's been some really strong stuff. But the strongest things have been when we're both at the Colossus and with the First Order. Yeah. And, and I was saying that because the... Um... One of the things about the Mandalorian that I that I found really interesting is it's all a plot. You're never cutting away to other characters. You are with the Mandalorian for his story, and that's the story we're seeing. And I can't, I can't think of really any other TV shows that do that all the time and i'm interested to see if the mandalorian is doing it all the time but they've done it i mean for two episodes so far but that that works for the story they're telling because it is about the mandalorian whereas resistance is you know really yeah it's kaz's story but it's an ensemble show so like have the plot be driven on these other characters as well Flicks and Orca don't just have to have a little side adventure. They can be involved in the main plot. And it can still be important and still develop lesser known characters. I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, the the pacing of the season is really strange. It really is. Just, when is something going to happen? How many episodes is this season? I don't know. Hmm. So, what was the other episode like? It was like, okay, so they have to go to a planet to get parts or something. And the two fucking children are like hey um can we go kaz uh we want to get off the planet and he's like uh i shouldn't but okay so then like they wander off they wander off into i guess like a uh, i'm giving away the episode for you is that okay that's fine okay good so they wander into a freaking sith temple and literally like it's like okay like oh like they see this little sith holocronish thing it's like gold and Kaz hears a voice that says, oh, don't touch it. So what does he do? He touches it. And then, okay, yeah, it's just the whole episode is, hey, don't do this. Kaz does this. Hey, um, let's do this. Okay, let's not do this. And it just, it's like, Kaz is just very unlikable. 
And it just, it makes me angry because of all the wonderful Star Wars content we have right now, we have this. I want the best. I know Star Wars wants the best. And like, this isn't the best. Like, I am disappointed in what we're getting right now because they're... They could be doing so much better. Like, I know that, you know, we're going to find out more about, like, the First Order or anything. But, I mean, like, it sucks. It sucks. I want to like it. I want to like these characters. I want to connect with these characters. But I haven't. And especially Kaz. Like, he's just so unlikable. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would say I don't get a ton out of Kaz. I, I don't know. Like, I just... I really don't like Kaz and you know I I feel like I compare him a lot to Ezra because it's like you know the two animated shows and everything and like even technically like Ahsoka too because Ahsoka was that new character that was like brought out in the Clone Wars but I mean there's just so much about Ahsoka that's you know she's a Jedi in training she's likable you know she learns from her mistakes you know even Ezra you know Ezra fighting for Lethal and Kaz just he has this arrogance in him yeah, I don't think Ahsoka is quite a fair comparison because I think if Kaz were on a show like The Clone Wars, he'd be a very different character. Yeah, different era too, and everything. Yeah, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to learn for more than one episode at a time. Yeah, and you finally think that he has, and then the next episode it reverts, and it's just kind of exhausting. It really is. I just, I I hope this show ends well. I hope it ends on a good note. I hope we get more from like the First Order stuff because that's probably my favorite part of, you know, watching the show is, you know, seeing what the First Order is up to. Tam, what's Tam doing? I'm disappointed in the lack of Tam that we've gotten this season, you know? Yeah, those episodes with her, I've really liked. I've liked the bits that are taking place on the First Order ships. Uh, I think when we've been seeing the... the, can never remember her name. The main First Order woman. It's stupid. I know it's a pun on something and I can't... Like, I can't grasp it. But when we've seen her talking to the other generals and stuff that's all been really good and ominous and like oh yeah they're scary but we just need to show more of it yeah I just want better I want I mean I just like this last episode like literally like made me mad because it's just it's showing like all the mistakes that Kaz is making and like sure like you know everyone is saved in the end in everything but I mean like Kaz was the reason why Kaz potentially made everything worse than it needed to be like um everyone needed to get out get off the planet because they saw that the first order ships were coming but no they had to wait for Kaz because Kaz got lost you know so I feel like Kaz is causing so much destruction and just so many problems like I know these problems are fixed in the end but still it's like they're creating so many problems and you know sometimes he does some helpful things but I mean 
I just don't like when a character or just when a person, it's like, you know, they just do the same. They make the same mistakes over and over again. Like, what are they going to learn? Yeah, people learning stuff would be nice. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let me check on the poll. I, I believe that uh, Quesadilla is still winning. Yeah. 67% versus 33%. <laughs> Where does discussion... Uh, Emily... <laughs> Where does the discussion of ejaculating up a woman's nose rank? Yeah. I feel that's another reason. I feel like the, the juice socks is an unfair comparison to the Mexican food of the bum thing. It's because the, the cum socks is not the dirtiest thing they've ever talked about on that podcast. I think definitely jo- Jonesy watching bestiality porn is uh Oh, yeah. There. I had forgotten about that. And he just kept on going. I guess the thing is that he saw something and then he just... Knew what it was and just kept on watching. I mean, Chris Fresh accuses us of like talking about bestiality, but at least our beasts are fictional. Even if I did agree with his like categorization of beasts, which I don't, even if I did, at least ours are fictional and not an actual human woman fucking an actual horse. What do you think the worst thing they've talked about has been? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to qualify. They are dirtier than us. I think, I think so. I think they are like discussion of, of, anal side i think they are more personally dirty where we as our we are dirty in theory yeah i don't know like i don't know how that would go like me asking you like hey emily how is that going you know i just i don't know how i don't know if we've gotten to that point yet where we can start asking each other like how our sex appeals are going you know Yeah, like, all of our discussions are really much more in the abstract of who we would or would not fuck. Yeah. Rather than who we are or are not fucking. Exactly. Also, quite frankly, it's weird to talk about... To talk with your friend about their sex life when you're also friends with their boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I'm much more okay hearing about a friend's random hookup than be like, I don't need to know what Carlos is like in bed. Like, that's weird for me to know. <laughs> yeah. And probably for our our listeners, too. Especially, like, I can't imagine, like, someone, like, seeing me at Celebration and, like, thinking in the back of their head, Oh wow! Like they then seeing Carlos and being like just imagining like him shoving a quesadilla <laughs> up my ass. Uh, yeah, I know. 
be excited to hear about your your hookups. I'd be well, there is nothing to report. Cheering on the sidelines. I'd be like, you know, at a football game and I'd like make like a sign That's and everything. Fucking creepy. <laughs> Maybe. Ah. <sighs> Well, I I hope the next. Do you think the next episode is going to be longer than thirty minutes? I think so. Just because I mean, again, because the show's all a plot so far, it has been the length of the story they need to tell. And I mean, this last one especially. Yeah, it was really short, but that's a natural end point to the episode is them taking off in the ship. And so unless they, you know, they had added another fight scene or two, which I don't think would have really added anything to the the quality of the episode, it just would have added length to it. But I, yeah, I hope so. I think, I think it's, it will be. That's my guess, just because it seems like we got to be adding some more characters and some more plot elements. Yeah. Well, can't wait till next uh, Friday. Technically Thursday because I'll, yeah, Thursday night at midnight. I stayed up and watched it and I was so tired at work the next morning, but it was worth it. <sighs> well, anything else? Um... Oh, okay. Never mind. I just there was a tweet, and I had a really hard time figuring out what it meant, and then I realized it was talking about Johnny Grasso. Um, never mind. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything else. What was it about Johnny Grasso? Oh, what? <laughs> well, it was an exaggeration on Fresh's part, and then but he said Chris says, "Well, I've never written anything so filthy that it prompted a fellow podcaster to whip out their wang during a recording," and it took me a while to realize he meant Johnny taking his pants down during the fan fiction read. I still though see the, I still see those red undies in my sleep. <laughs> Oh, what a what a time! Just what a uh, we lived we lived during that era, and we were there during that era. That was great. That was a fun time. Anyways, um, Emily, where can we find you in the podcast on social media? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind, and the podcast is at CantobitePod. You can send us emails, CantobitePod at gmail.com. Cool. You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if that poll is still up, please vote because we. <laughs> A dream is not as dirty as reality. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. See you next. Talk to you next time. Not see you. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 
and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my canto bitches Start off with my Aussies, Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch with canto bitch number one Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream that made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran, you know we approve Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet Last shout to Frushy dude, I didn't forget this is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse be it scum and villainy King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson, boo this is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top three, And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric. <laughs>